had a good session this past session, and I think that that will provide a, a great baseline of where to begin our work this coming year. MDOT presents the Extra Mile Podcast Legislative Session. Got to have the ability to get their product to market. As long as you're performing, we want to be behind you pushing. Welcome in to another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast Legislative Session presented by Mississippi Department of Transportation. I'm MDOT Deputy Director of Public Affairs, Paul Catool, and I'm happy to welcome back uh, Will Kraft, the Director of Public Affairs to the show. Will, the show has certainly not been as fun without you, so thanks for coming back. Absolutely. You're too kind, Paul. Y'all did a great job. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So we have a really fun episode today. We're actually, if you're watching, we're on location at the Mississippi State Capitol to wrap up the 2023 legislative session. And we have, of course, MDOT Executive Director Brad White. Brad, thank you for helping to set this up today. And uh, thanks for coming on the show and speaking with us. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be with you. For sure, for sure. So um, why don't you talk about this room? We're in the Capitol, room 114 in the Capitol. So uh, stuck back here, yeah. Tell us about it. Well, it's a room that not many people know is here because of just where its location is, kind of off the beaten path. It's in under the custodianship of the House of Representatives. And so most all of my experiences in here have been in meetings with larger well, delegations of the, of the House. I think this used to be like a, a room that held uh, phones for people to get to to make calls and stuff like that back years and years ago. Uh, since I've been involved in government for the last 30 years, I think the Senate has done their best to try to get this back since it's on the Senate side of the Capitol. Uh, but the House of Representatives holds on to it pretty tightly. And as you look around, you can understand why. In my opinion, it's one of the more beautiful rooms uh, in the Capitol, with the exception of maybe the governor's ceremonial office. It's truly beautiful. Yeah, it's very nice. We're, we're very much appreciative to, to be able to get back here and record in the space. Well, over here at the Capitol, like we said, and we're wrapping up the legislative session. It's been another uh, another really good year for us, wouldn't you say? I think so. It was a good year. It was a long year, a long session, uh, tiring for, I think, everybody involved, <laughs> especially those that are members of uh, the legislature and leadership that uh, do all the work to make this go on, the staff members. Uh, but we had a good, a good year. Uh, they gave us another, uh, for the second year in a row, our appropriation bill was uh, clean. There were no earmarks, no um, other uh, language inserted into it that would hinder our ability to make full use of all the federal funds that we have available to us. So that allowed the professionals that we have at MDOT to play the shell game of sorts to make sure that we're utilizing that full use of our federal funds that commingle with the state funds collected from fuel tax. So having a clean bill is of, of most importance and that alone would have been a victory in, in my opinion. But they were kind enough to do another year with a supplemental appropriation that gave us additional funds. Uh, that combined with our appropriation, uh, assuming it all becomes law, uh, will give us an excess of about $2 billion this year, uh, 500 million of which will be spread out or paid out over the next few years. Uh, but they gave us 40 million again for the extra match needed to get the additional 200 million that's been made available to us through the uh, federal infrastructure bill that was passed by Congress a few years ago. Uh, they gave us uh, 100 million in the Merchant Road and Bridge Relief Program that'll be spent all on local systems around the state. So all 82 counties have an opportunity to benefit uh, from that. Uh, the legislature did something a little new. They created a new multimodal fund <clears throat> that. Uh, 
will give the department a little more flexibility in how we spend what money goes into that fund among uh, rail and airport and water ports uh, and uh, funded it to the tune of about 30 million. Uh, we will continue to use the investments that we've had in the past to, to make sure that our commitments to public transit are met. They were not mentioned in this bill, uh, but all four of the other modes of transportation will be well taken care of with this additional money. And then the big ticket item was 420 million toward capacity projects. And the importance of that was that's all one-time money that they're giving us to allow the commission to fund uh, large construction projects that we had scheduled that would be ready to let the contract on this year and next year, but that we didn't have the money for. So with that investment, we'll be able to fully fund and let to contract the major capacity projects that were scheduled for 2023 as well as 2024. And they gave partial funding to a couple of the big projects in DeSoto County and Lafayette County, Highway 7 and I-55, um, that are not scheduled to let to contract until 2025. And so we've got time to build upon that seed money uh, to do that. But the, the thing I'm proud of, though, is that they're looking at this from MDOT's three-year plan. So they're following the data that the professionals at the department put together. <clears throat> so this money is not being spent in, a, in a, a, just a, a throwing a dart at the wall sort of way. It's following a lot of uh, purposeful uh, you know, information that's been put together by our staff so that it's moving projects out of the queue that allow for us to move everybody else's project up. So if your project didn't receive funding this year, you still uh, have an opportunity to benefit from this statewide. Brad, so you mentioned multimodal, and you know, this just isn't the highway department. We do a lot of different things at MDOT. So can you kind of give us a better idea of why it's important to, to make those investments in multimodal? Well, sure. We, we try to look at our transportation system around the state holistically. Uh, you know, highways don't exist in a vacuum. The more use that can be made of rail, uh, particularly freight rail and uh, ports and, and the usage of our airports, some of that helps take some of the burden off of our highways, which lessen the wear and tear, which makes our money go further. So the stronger that we make each of these uh, different modes of transportation, the stronger our system is overall. What I'm excited about with this program <clears throat> is they patterned it much by the emergency road and bridge program. So there's an advisory board that will be made up of some of the stakeholders, both from an economic development standpoint, as well as from those that deal with these different modes of transportation. And um, they will be working with us to uh, develop rules and procedures through which application will be made to take advantage of these funds and to hopefully use these funds to leverage even uh, additional funds from the federal level. Uh, but it's something that, you know, we became the Department of Transportation in the early 90s, yet there's never ever really been a lot of money funneled to the department uh, that, that we didn't fund ourselves through the Office of Highways that dealt with these other modes of transportation. So this provides an opportunity for the legislature to now engage in making sure resources uh, outside of the federal government and outside of what we've done as a department in the past um, can devote to these different modes of transportation. So it, it's a good program, and I think it'll give uh, the professionals that I keep going back to at the department as well as the commission the opportunity to make sure uh, that the money gets to where the needs are and that we're maximizing the, that investment to the, the best purpose of the taxpayer of the state. It's excellent. Yeah, and a lot of good things went on for us, as Brad just mentioned, and detailed a lot of those. 
not directly related to appropriations, but certainly to the department and the, the legislature. Uh, the commissioner did call uh, creating the, the Welcome Center for him. Talk a little bit about that for us. Yeah, I was very uh, personally pleased with the legislature's decision to honor him in such a way. Um, highway memorials are things that happen every year and, and they're very important. They're things that matter to, to the families and, and to the communities of those that get honored that way. But Commissioner Hall had spent uh, over 45 years in elected office here in Mississippi and had served the state uh, both in the legislature as well as at uh, the Department of Transportation. He's our longest serving commissioner in the history of the department. So he had a, a, a legacy of service that, that set him apart having been a member of the House of Representatives, a member of the Senate and leadership in both of those positions, as well as our longtime chairman. And so with the Welcome Center being a property of the Department of Transportation and something that uh, primarily is used to try to showcase Mississippi and what we have to offer and, and doing just what's in the title, welcoming people into the state and trying to give them a taste of what we, we offer by uh, giving his name to the Welcome Center that will reside in his hometown where he was born in Vicksburg, um, I think is a very special honor of not just an attribute way to his legacy and service to the state, but something that would be very meaningful not uh, to his family and to, to those of us that uh, loved him and, and had good relationships with him over the years. So I, I think that that's something that um, that will be a, a good way of paying tribute to him and something that the department will enjoy, you know, in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. Strong legacy, no, no doubt. Um, so can we we'll take a little step back and talk, get back to the capacity projects. Would you mm -hmm. mind kind of highlighting some of those, those projects? No, so let me back up to the beginning of how this all started. Sure. Governor Reeves, as you will recall, uh, stepped out first and said that he thought that with one-time money it should be used on one-time expenses and that it would be best used to take instead of starting new projects from scratch that have to go through years of pre-construction work to go to the other end of that list and look at the projects that we have nearing completion of the pre-construction and becoming shovel ready and let's fund those and get them out of the queue and, and built and I thought that made a lot of sense and luckily so did the majority of the legislature. Uh, he proposed $1.3 in funding that had projects all throughout the state. Uh, there was a lot of heavy negotiations that went back and forth between the House and Senate and the Governor's Office and the Department of Transportation over the course of the uh, session. At the end of the day, uh, MDOT is just one of the entities that's trying to get food at the trough, if you will. Uh, there's a lot of other needs around the state that, uh, they, that the legislature has to meet. And ultimately, it was decided upon to, to go with this $450 million figure. And the, and the reason that that's a good number is, is that takes care of all the projects that we would have ready to let to contract this year uh, that we didn't have funded, as well as all the ones that we expect to have ready to let to contract next year, but did not have the funding. So we'll be able to get everything out of the way this year and next year and uh, start, start building them. That's good news for places like Highway 15 and Tippa County uh, that we hope to go next spring to contract Highway 2 in that area. Um, we have Highway 19 in Neshoba County that's been a long-awaited widening project. You have the Flowers Interchange on I-20 uh, between uh, Jackson and Vicksburg. Uh, this is a part of that. And Highway 90 on, in Jackson County around Ocean Springs that's a, a, a booming area and, and high growth rate. 
uh, that will be able to be met, Highway 49 in Harrison County, uh, which, you know, all parts of Highway 49 are always in need of uh, upgrade and improvement. So this will get a lot of uh, needed projects that otherwise would have been sitting on a shelf waiting for money to come to try to build them one at a time. So this allows us to get that whole batch of projects out of the way and it moves everybody else's project up uh, the list and we then have another bite at the apple at the next legislative session as well as working with the federal delegation to continue to get extra federal funds to help do that. So it was uh, far more than a shot in the arm uh, for our capacity program. <clears throat> now, I will remind everybody that we're talking about these big, major construction projects. Uh, this is one part of MDOT's three-year plan. By them giving us a clean appropriation bill, we will be able to move forward with all the other programs we have, from the four paving programs to the operational programs to the other improvements that will be seen in all 82 counties around the state. So don't let this uh, make people think that these are the only counties that will have any type of activity from the Department of Transportation. This does not include the major paving projects that we'll be doing throughout the state or operational projects or other upgrades uh, that we do. Uh, but this is the big list of expensive projects that are very thorough and the, the funds are sometimes hard to, to come by. Uh, so I can't overstate enough of what this will do to the, the life of of that program within the department and for the communities that they'll be built in. Definitely. All <coughs> good news all the way around. Yeah, that's right. And all that's great. Uh, we got funding coming in. What about priorities in the nearest, now that we're kind of through the session, uh, what are we focusing on right now? Two things in my mind. Number one, we still have a, a we've come a long way, but we have a long way to go uh, for me to be happy with where we are with our salary adjustments. I think that uh, Working with the legislature and the state personnel board has just been phenomenal to work with over the last year. Uh, we've made a lot of the adjustments that we needed to make uh, within the system that the legislature set up. Uh, I'm hopeful that we will be able to continue doing that uh, because we still have a ways to go to be sure that we're paying our engineers and our maintenance techs and our accountants and all the um, other people, our communication staff, uh, competitive wages uh, that are truly uh, giving them what they need to be able to take care of their families and be sure that we are able to maintain staff. We've been able to make enough salary adjustments that uh, best I can tell we've stopped the bleeding of employees. We're not losing engineers and maintenance employees at the rate that we used to. Uh, but we have a lot of uh, recruitment efforts that we need to make. And the old saying goes, you know, money may not make you happy, but the lack of it will make you miserable. So we want to be sure that we're paying the type of salaries that allow for our employees uh, to make ends meet and to make it worth their while to come to work and motivate them to serve the people in the way that, uh, that they always have. So that's first and foremost uh, been our priority and will continue to be um, proud of where we've been, but we've got a long way to go with that. Next, I would say is uh, reoccurring revenue. Uh, we have to talk about how are we going to, to provide for the funding of the transportation system in our state. The taxpayers have around a $65 billion investment of assets that they own in the way of roads and bridges and, and other things on the system. <clears throat> and the, the fuel tax is just alone not enough to pay for both the maintenance and rehabilitation of that system along with the uh, construction of what's needed in the way of efficiency measures and widening of highways that are over capacity or building of bypasses and, and so forth. And as I've said before, 
Uh, I'm not suggesting that the, the answer is just raising the fuel tax. I personally believe with the growth of electric vehicles and with the uh, fuel operated vehicles being more efficient than they were when I got my driver's license, that we, we have to look at a, a broader approach of how do we want to provide for that. Now we have a responsibility internally to make sure the money that we have is being used wisely and that, that it's, there's not any waste. Um, but at the end of the day, while we've been very uh, lucky to have these supplemental funds, sooner or later, we're not gonna have supplemental appropriation bills because you can expect that there's gonna be slower economic times sooner or later. And so during those times, we need to be sure that there's some type of funding mechanism in place uh, that will take care of this core function of, of government. And uh, I'm happy to say that all of our major leaders recognize that. This is a conversation we have with everyone. Uh, but it, it, I think it's coming a time now that we need to start putting pen to paper and coming up with what that solution is. Definitely good that every, that's on everyone's mind. So we have a couple yeah. fun questions, but we did want to mention this. Obviously, there were some pretty terrible storms uh, in uh, recent weeks, and uh, MDOT played a kind of a critical role in, in clearing the roadways and making sure everyone's safe. And then we also had some, some families that were impacted uh, by these storms. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I... I'm sure you've seen photographs and things like that. I mean, a lot of the areas around the state, Rolling Fork, Amory and all, were just hit with heavy disaster. We did have some employees that lost their homes, that's some that lost loved ones. Um, but you know, I was reminded of Fred Rogers, who when I was a kid did Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And he used to give this interview where he would tell people that when, when he was a child and some traumatic experience would happen in the way of a you know, a storm or a, a, a man-made disaster or whatever, that his mother would always tell, encourage him by telling him, look for the helpers, because there's always going to be helpers out there that arrive and that try to, to deliver the assistance and the love and the compassion that's needed to, to assist those people that's been hit hard. And what brings such pride to me is in a situation just like this, the first messages that started coming across my phone were from other MDOT employees that had already started making plans of how do we get our equipment from the other districts that maybe were not impacted as much up to the districts that need the help. How do we get personnel there? What are the needs there? Let's collect everything from shoes to Bibles to clothes to toothbrushes, uh, et cetera. And I know that between uh, the MDOT family and our partners in the private sector that there were literally trailers loads of those type of goods going, uh, washers and dryers going, kits that would allow for the workers that were on the scenes to be able to take showers that came from some of our South Mississippi districts that had them just because of how often they have to deal with hurricanes and things like that. MDOT is made up of people that are helpers, every one of them. And it was just uh, heartbreaking to see the damage and destruction. But if you have to find that silver lining of in a, a dark cloud like that is that you're able to f to remember why it is the Department of Transportation is such a wonderful place to work and family to belong to because we take care of each other. And uh, that was made evident across the state and it was uh, made me really proud to be a, a part of the department. Very well said. Yeah, no doubt. It's, uh, it was a terrible <clears throat> situation for sure. Uh, our thoughts and prayers continue to be with all those impacted and uh, certainly if we can do anything. Uh, let us know. To move into a little bit of a lighter uh, topic area here, it's a question that we've always asked our guests. Uh, you're no stranger to it. 
but some food questions. We like to eat, um, and we like to eat a lot. So do you have a new place maybe you've been to or a favorite? Well, you know, I'm a creature of habit, so I don't really branch out much into new places. So I'm going to give you my same answers. Martin's is a good place I like to go and have uh, lunch. Uh, but I was thinking about Crescelles is another old favorite of mine. Uh, wonderful atmosphere uh, there and a good place to go have an evening meal. It's a great place. Yeah, I've been there many times myself. It's always freezing in there. I don't know why they keep it so cold. <laughs> and Paul's got a piggyback question for you off of that one. Oh, absolutely. In public affairs, we talk about food, and then the next thing would probably be music. So if we're wrapping up the session, we're going to have a little fun. Who's your favorite band or musician? All of mine are dead, I'm afraid. I, I like uh, okay. old country, not the new country, but like uh, classic George Jones, Merle Haggard. Um, incidentally, those are kind of, I used to always say with Crescelles, or I say I always said, I, I piggybacked this from someone else that said it, that in order to be on the uh, jukebox at Crescelles, you have to be dead. <laughs> that most of all the people they have there are famous musicians that have long since passed. and. Uh, so they, they kind of house some of my favorite meals, but house some of my favorite music. But that, that would be mine. So. That's pretty Love good. Love it. That's Absolutely. Great, great we got a lot, of, a lot of country fans in the division, too, so good stuff. Well, Brad, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again for setting us up here in the Capitol. Sure, it's my pleasure. Thank you for what y'all do. Absolutely. So we also want to start thanking some of our guests. So first of all, we're going we're gonna to thank uh, Will's mom, Tasha, <laughs> my mom, Christina, for tuning in. Uh, they listen to nearly every every episode, probably every episode. So thanks for tuning in. Big shout out to the moms for sure. Definitely, we love He's the moms. Got a new family member, by the way. Yes. Yes, that very you much need so. to mention. I will. I will. Two twofold. Yeah, I was at, been away from the show for a little bit. We had a new baby, uh, Mackenzie James, is, is made her grand entrance to the world a couple weeks ago. Um, and she's wonderful, healthy, happy. We're all doing great. Could use a couple more hours of sleep, but everybody <laughs> knows the routine there. I will say, though, talking about um, the MDOT family and everything, though, I hope that uh, anybody listening to this has the opportunity to experience a work environment like what we do have at MDOT, um, being out and dealing with a baby and wife who just gave birth and some of those things. Um, physically, mentally, my load wasn't that hard at all, you can imagine, but uh, the folks at the office, you know, they kept everything running wide open, as anybody would have guessed, um, and, you know, kept me in the loop and kept everything going. So I just uh, appreciate them so much. want to give a shout-out. I hope that everybody has that opportunity at some point in their career. But, uh, yeah, thank you for the shout-out there, Paul. For sure. Yeah, great team we have at MDOT, no doubt. So we also want to thank our listeners out there for tuning in to the Extra Mile podcast, especially during the legislative session, lots of episodes. We want to uh, – ask you to follow us on social media at Mississippi DOT is the handle Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. want to thank our producer, Katie Hornsby, our editor, Drew Hall. They do a ton of work behind the scenes and remember to drive smart out there on Mississippi highways.